You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, your weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. I'm Steph, and I have a very exciting guest with me today. So I am going to go ahead and let her introduce herself and tell you where you can find her online. Uh, Thank you, Steph, for the intro. My name is uh, Wendy Mata. I am a Bruja Curandera by lineage and initiated shaman. I'm a fifth generation witch, and I am the owner of a witchy shop called Bruja Power Botanica. You can read all about us at bruja.us, and that spells B-R-U-J-A dot U-S. Um, you can find us in Instagram at Bruja Power Botanica. You can also find us in TikTok, also at Bruja Power Botanica, and the same with Facebook. Great. Thank you. So to get started here, I would just love to have a chat about how you got to where you are now in your practice, your journey, your shop opening, because being a fifth generation, which is so interesting to me. <laughs> it is also a lot of responsibility. It sounds like it. <laughs> because you really have to, I don't know, there are so many expectations from family, especially from my ancestors. They are very opinionated and <laughs> they uh, really have a lot of input in everything I do, whether I ask them or not. <laughs> uh, but it is also very beautiful because you really never feel alone. You always feel like you have the support behind you. Um, well, I was in the corporate world for uh, about 20 years. Uh, my second anniversary of the time that I left the corporate world is going to be in just four days. So I'm celebrating my freedom anniversary in a few days. That's so exciting. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. It was a journey. Um, I used to be a senior director of operations in cybersecurity companies, as well as um, in a company that developed microgrids and then a company that did digital forensics. So um, I went first with my career. I have an engineering degree and then a master's and so on. Um, and I travel all over the world uh, doing technology development in the realm of operations. But every single day I felt the call. Um, although I say to my practices years ago, you're going to have to wait. Uh, I felt the call every day. And I'm sure uh, that you know this and anybody else that is listening, that the call comes and then it becomes louder and louder. It is not that the call of the witch just comes once and then it never comes again. But it is, I'm here, hey, I'm here, and I'm going to hit you in the face every time until you actually pay attention. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So by the time that my daughter was born, I have a six-year-old, um, I had this interesting spiritual experience where at the time of her birth, uh, my grandmother, she came in my dream. At this point, my, my grandmother had passed already. And she came in my dream slash anesthesia slash crying in pain, you know, when you have a baby. <laughs> and she said to me that... I was moving on into a different frequency and a different energy. And during the birth, I had this vision and experience where I was seeing this initiation within myself. Um, 
So I just let that sink in a little bit. And then I went through the challenges of being a full-time corporate person slash workaholic and also mother <laughs> and a pandemic and all that stuff, right? But right before the pandemic hit, we went to Merida, Yucatan. I'm from Mexico, so I have this very strong connection with our ancestral practices. And we went to Merida, Yucatan uh, because I wanted to show my family Dia de Muertos. We live in the United States and I left Mexico a long time ago. Uh, for work, but I wanted to show my family Dia de Muertos. So when we were there, my grandmother came again. Um, and then in this occasion, she said to me, it is time, Wendy, you have to do this. You like, you can't keep waiting. Um, so when that happened, I took the decision to start making a plan to leave my job. And I had a wonderful career. I traveled all over the world. I implemented projects, I think, probably in at least 30 countries. I was going all over the place all the time. Uh, but I knew that I had a mission. And I knew that the call was going to continue to come until I listened. So uh, in 2020, when the pandemic started, I uh, just kind of low-key went online and opened a botanica. Uh, but we went in, um, viral in TikTok. Uh, we had a video that went to 2.5 million views. And with that video, we suddenly became um, a big company. It was like in a minute. It was from going into my kitchen to and doing my candles and my oils and my spell work in my kitchen to having to find another place to actually build a business because uh, the demand was there. And I knew that I was back up by my ancestors because grandma, of course, she came in my dream and she kept coming multiple times. Um, and then I asked the universe, right before I got that 2.5 million views, I told the universe, okay, if I'm supposed to be doing this full time, I have to be able to replace my salary. I cannot struggle. I have a mortgage. I have uh, my daughter and, you know, life. Uh, so we had that video uh, going viral and I was able to replace my salary. So I left the corporate world and I became a full-time witch. Uh, this is going to be uh, January 29 of 2021. That's when I uh, left my job. So it's going to be two years soon for the ones that are listening to this now. <laughs> we are in 2022, but you never know when you're going to listen to this, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a journey. So I went from like a very logical, practical, uh, electromechanical field to living a life of spirit and uh, being guided. Uh, so far, so good, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really exciting. What a life change. I mean, that's huge. You know, yes, uh, very, very deeply. I think one of the things that I had to do was to go through the process of reconnecting to myself. Um, as a woman in technology, I had to shut down a lot of who I was. I had to stop being vulnerable in a way because when you're in a male-dominated world, um, you, you know, there's so much judgment. You have to be coming from extra logic and you have to um, adopt this bitch mode because you have to be on that frequency all the time. And in order to now be serving a community, I have a coven that is an, um, a... Um, a virtual coven, but in order to be serving my community and in order to be serving the thousands of clients that we have, 
I had to myself go through the process of breaking all those walls and coming into connecting to my heart and coming into really embracing the witch frequency, but also the divine feminine and also the the goddess energy. Um, so it's it's been a journey for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Were you, since you are a hereditary witch, were you raised um, when you were a child to sort of adopt those things and then it changed with your career or was it like a complete shift and all brand new information? <laughs> Uh, so I grew up in magic, uh, but it was disguised in Catholicism because, um, I am from a really small town in Mexico. Well, it's not that small right now, but it used to be very small and everybody or most of people in that town were Catholics. So our practices were very disguised in Catholicism. And if you have heard about, about brujería, which I'm sure you have, uh, or practices are very uh, pagan, but they also involve a lot of saint work, a lot of uh, Christian belief systems. Although I myself, I'm not, I don't consider myself a Catholic, but this is how I grew up. So instead of um, meditating for someone or casting a spell for someone that was disguised as prayer, or instead of doing deity work that was disguised as saint work. But uh, when I was six, my dad got into practicing a lot of mental magic and metaphysics and changing reality with the power of the mind. And that just really became the thing that I practiced the much, the most, which is mindset work and ensuring that I can keep frequencies of energy with my mind, with my brain. Um, so it was not a big shift necessarily because magic has always been there in my background. Um, but I fully came out of the broom closet back in 2010 after I did my Mayan shamanism initiations. And since then, I never look back. So I actually think that the transformation of getting out of uh, the corporate world started way sooner than I thought, but I wasn't really ready until 2021. Yeah, it, it can take some time, I think, to fully accept that, especially when you have dedicated as much of your life to your career as you did. Like, that's a lot of education going into that. That's right. Like <laughs> <laughs> right. But you know what? Uh, one of my favorite parts of my job is that because I travel a lot, I was always sitting next to the CEO of a company or a VP of a company or any kind of executive role. And I always got to have these conversations about spiritual practices, even though they were somehow disguised as mindset or, uh, I don't know, personal growth. But I got to have these conversations that I know that they had an impact in their lives and in the people that they work with. So one of the reasons of why I also stay there for a long time was because I, I got to um, at least plant the seed of enlightenment in to some people that had the ability to affect their companies, their families, their budgets. Um, and then I, it also gave me the opportunity to learn a lot from them. It wasn't just me talking, right? But like, I also learned a lot from them and finding out how a lot of people that is considered... Um, high profile in technology i can only talk for technology because i that's where i work at uh they actually are very spiritual too and how they uh, pr uh maintain a metaphysic metaphysical practice or a meditation practice or 
some sort of feng shui. I saw that a lot, especially when I was traveling to China, to Taiwan, to Singapore, um, how energy was used for for the uh, success of their companies. So that was a really nice thing. Oh, yeah. That would be very interesting, I would think, to to work with people like that. Yes, 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 yes. And um, but it also required a facade of myself. You know, I still had to be on business clothes, and now <laughs> I'm like not like that. <laughs> <laughs> I actually swear, like I had to go buy a pair of pants because I had been in yoga pants and witchy dresses for like two years, <laughs> and I had to go to the store to figure out what size of jeans I was because I had not buy jeans or pants in such as a long time I mean I work in my basement that's where I have my shop or in my <laughs> office or in my bed or in my sofa like my life is so different I, was like, I don't own business clothes anymore <laughs> <laughs> uh, I completely understand that I would don't blame you at all I would do that too. <laughs> <laughs> right I actually throw everything away I had like really nice suits and pants and things and when I was doing my process of detaching from that identity uh I just got rid of everything like, okay <laughs> I'm, I'm going for this and I'm going full-time and I'm gonna do it now and I have to send the message to the universe and to all the energies that I mean it so I got rid of all of it. So I'm, no, glad, I'm, I'm glad that it worked out because can you imagine if it didn't, I will not have clothes. <laughs> uh, that's true though. I mean, that's a, that's a good point. That's really signaling that you are done with that old life. Like, I have no clothes right. to wear to it anymore. So it can't yeah. happen. Yeah, it was a process though. Um, last year in October, I took some of the members of my community to Mexico. We went to do some cer uh, Temazcal ceremonies, which is a sweat lodge. And some cacao ceremonies led by Mayan elders. And we also did a ceremony in a cenote. Are you familiar with what a cenote is? I am not, no. So it's a body of water that was created when the meteorite hit the earth back in the dinosaur's time. And it created oh. all this under, um, what is it called? English is my second language, so give me a second here. <laughs> Underground rivers, that's what I'm trying to say. And it also created these holes that some of them are really deep and profound, uh, but some of them are not so much, but they are. They were creating at that time. So they have this creator energy, restart slash debt energy. And in the Mayan tradition, uh, there is the belief system that a cenote is a way to the underworld. So in our tradition, if you want to reset who you are, you get into a cenote with the intention of asking the water of the cenote, of this river, of this water, uh, to wash away your identity. So I took I took some of the members of my community dead for uh, there for one of my retreats, and we did this ceremony where we enter the water one identity, and then we declare that we were going to be a new person. So we left the water being someone else, and that was for me the closing of the cycle of that identity after almost two years. I declare that I was letting go of Wendy, the executive and engineer and director and all that stuff and coming back fully on my power as a witch. So it, it took time to do that. It took me almost two years, but um, it was very transformational. That sounds beautiful. I will recommend anybody that is listening to this that... Uh, if you are at least curious about getting into a cenote or having a ceremony in Mexico, that you find some legit teachers, because there's a lot of 
lack of that <laughs> and go through the ceremonies or come to the website we have we have a retreat coming up soon we actually do one every year uh but it is a very powerful place um that holds hundreds of years of wisdom so when you get to live some of those mayan ceremonies you really get to restart your consciousness we are all wise already i believe that we came to this world already wise and already connected to spirit but when we go through these transformations then the best version of ourselves kind of reactivates and it's really pretty to get to witness how people's lives change when they go through that transformation now you mentioned you know the ceremony and mayan shamanism is that open then to anybody or is that part of a closed practice do, do are there any requirements for somebody that's looking to do the same thing so uh my initiations were through lineage uh, my lineage is Toltec and Aztec, and then my Mayan shamanism initiations were through a teacher that also was initiated in Mayan shamanism. I believe that part of that practice is a close practice, especially the one that comes through lineage. Uh, but I also believe that a lot of the practice is also open, and this is just my my perspective about it and i know that right now we are trying to be more mindful of cultural appropriation and that's important but also really the wisdom that it's part of brujeria or curanderismo which is our healing arts in mexico or shamanism they are very connected to all traditions so if you go through studying uh let's say Mayan shamanism, and then you study uh, prana healing for the from the Philippines, or you study feng shui from China. Like I've I've done all these traditions, I've been invited to all these traditions and studying all of them. The core it's the same. The core is connect to spirit, um, manipulate energy, hopefully in an ethical way, change your environment with uh, with energy. So it is a close practice in a way specific to Mayan shamanism. But I believe that brujeria it's more open because we borrow of we borrow also in Ju Judaism we borrow in our uh, mestizaje which is the fact that we're blended and we have this strong connection with Europe and European practices. Uh, brujeria also borrows from African practices and it borrows from all those traditions. So I will say maybe thirty percent of the practice is close practice, but everything else is very open. Well, that's good to know because I, I feel like a lot of people would be interested in having a ceremony sort of like that. I think ceremonies are more open. I think that what it will be more close will be to learn to do those ceremonies and to be the one that is guiding the ceremonies, especially because a lot of the ceremonies are backed up by the power of the ancestors of the person that is guiding them. Uh, but I think receiving the ceremonies is open. Oh, and uh, and my, my community, I will say that probably only... 30% of my community is Latino or less. Uh, my community is called Mujer Luna International Coven, which is Woman of the Moon International. And we have people from all over the place. I have members in Canada, in New Zealand, in UK, in Germany, um, Uganda, Brazil. We have people from all over. Um, and they all participate in the ceremonies when we meet in person. Um, it's just done with a very, uh, in a very respectful way. Well, that's good to know, because that was going to lead me into my next question about your shop and the things that, you know, you offer there, like your beautiful candles and oils and everything. And since that is 
brujeria based. Sorry, I cannot roll my R's. I do not. <laughs> you did it right. Beautifully <laughs> as you do. Right. <laughs> I, I don't even try because it's just embarrassing. So. <laughs> I have tried. I tried so, so, so many times. It's not good. <laughs> but Aww. I was going to say is that um, open for anyone for your shop to you know, buy what you offer and sort of learn about that, um, even if they do not have any Mexican heritage. Thank you. I appreciate this question a lot. And it also really talks about you being very respectful to our practices. Thank you. Uh, yes, all my products and classes and services are open to all. Uh, there are certain aspects that I don't teach, which is the things that I teach to my family, my daughter, uh, but all of the classes that I teach are open to all. I actually welcome all because my my goal is that there are no borders on wisdom, that we all connect our own practices and our own traditions and then upgrade that with, you know, when we meet with someone or code modifies, right? Or energetic code. So my goal is that we have this massive collective transformation. And I think that is with open borders on spirituality. Um, of course, respecting things that are only heritage. So the products are for all, the classes are for all, and also our community is for all. I love that. That's a beautiful way of looking at things. But yes, I know everybody, especially my listeners to listen to this podcast, are always very respectful and they want to, you know, don't want to step on anybody's toes, but I know that they love learning and they want to pick up any different kind of magic that they can. They want to get on their hands on so many books and things um, and just learn everything possible. So I'm glad that that is open to them. Thank you. And, you know, I personally feel like I don't really have what will be the word, the authority to determine how who has access to those practices because they I don't own them. They come from spirit. They come from the elemental forces. They come from the earth. They come from, from a higher frequency than myself. I'm only one of the many that are answering the wisdom for others. Um, so I don't really feel like I have the authority to say certain things to people. Of course, if I see that somebody doesn't have an ethical system or I don't agree with their ethical system and I see that what I teach is going to be misused, then that person will be an absolute no. Um, especially when it comes to shamanism and certain parts of healing, it can be very powerful. Like when I'm teaching people to actually touch the the layers of the energetic body of someone that comes with a lot of responsibility. So that is not necessarily for all in a way, because I want to do my best to ensure that those teachings will be used with respect and kindness and in a way that makes the world better. Great. That's good to know. Thanks. Mm -hmm. uh, the next thing that I sort of wanted to ask you is just, you know, kind of for fun, but since this is your full-time life and, and career now, uh, obviously no day is going to look the same, but are there any practices that you do sort of daily or regularly small things in your day, um, that make up a part of your practice? Thank you. I love this question. <laughs> um, Yes, absolutely. It's very hard to kind of close the day or open the day when you're working from home and magic, which is your life, is also your business. Um, I have certain practices, uh, especially now days that I'm shifting more into teaching because I really want people to be able to do their own magic instead of, you know, depending on someone. Um, although I love sharing my products, but I also want people to understand that they are magical too. 
uh, I have certain rituals that I follow. For example, uh, right before this podcast, um, I was dancing my playlist that I have to prepare when I'm going to do a podcast or a <laughs> TV or something. I have this playlist that is kind of like my empowering slash calming slash trust that you got it kind of thing. And it's a thing. So when I know that when I start hearing those songs, it's already a ritual that is preparing me for it. Or when I'm going to be casting Protection Magic, for example, I have a playlist for biking music that it gets me in this like warrior mode. <laughs> and I go through this like visualization of like, I don't know, I get very primal <laughs> with it. Um, I also have certain teas that I drink when I'm going to do certain things um, or when I'm going to be talking about specific topics. Like if I'm going to talk about uh, love magic, for example, which is coming pretty soon, right? Because we're in January. So February, everybody talks about love. Um, I do roast tea and I'm diffusing geranium and vanilla. Like I have these practices that kind of set me on the tone or in the mood. And then lastly, a lot of I do, I do a lot of money mindsets because... I left a six-figure job that was paid wonderfully and that gave me wonderful experiences too. Basically to step into the unknown. When you are a business owner, you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. You try your best, you do your planning, you do your systems, but you don't really know, like you don't own it, right? And oh, yeah. I have to do a lot of work with my mindset. I have to be reminding myself every day that I was asked by spirit to be one of the many teachers wise teachers because there's many uh to do this full time and, and I have to like remind myself hey you were asked to do this by your grandmother you were asked to do this by your ancestors uh spirit constantly tells you what to do or how to do it you have to trust it but it sounds easier what what is the word in English like easier done than easier, oh, easier said than done <laughs> yeah yeah that like sometimes it's hard <laughs> It is. It is hard. <laughs> right, right. Like sometimes I got to, even that we have a six figure business now and it's wonderful, but I still have to wake up sometimes and be like, am I making this shut up? Like, did I do the right thing? Um, <laughs> and then I have to reset myself and be like, yes, yes, you did. Keep, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that it's, it's hard and it is a lot of mindset work when you are working for yourself. There's just a different level of responsibility that comes with that. Yes, yes, yes. And I think the last last ritual that I, I, I can share that I do, I mean, I, I could share many, I could talk about it for hours, but uh, one of the things that I do is that I really like, because I'm a traveler, because I'm a citizen of the world, I like going to places that have certain energies. Uh, for example, um, I am teaching a class about money mindsets in a couple of months. So what I did is that I booked a trip to Switzerland, because in my mind, that place holds a lot of abundance. That's a, that's the place where you see the money. I mean, of course, I could have done to Dubai or somewhere else, but like that was in my mind, like what holds that frequency of abundance and money so that it can back up my system so that when I'm sharing the wisdom about abundance and money with my students, I have the energy that it re is required so that they can awaken that part too. So we are living in a couple of weeks to Switzerland, my husband and I, uh, and I'm going to be tapping into that energy respectfully. Of course, I'm not going to tap in anybody's specific energy, but more like the bubble of abundance, right? And I'm going to be tapping into that energy and asking for permission to that energy to give me what he wants to give me uh, so that I can share that with my community. So I, I call that spiritual hacking, which is in an, in an ethical way, because I, I, I'm very responsible <laughs> of my ethics. But like, I like, you know, like there's a frequency. Oh, can can you give me some of that, please, so that I can share it? Um, 
And I do things like that all the time. And I, I find them very effective. You know, after, when you first said Switzerland, I was like, well, and then it totally made sense. I was like, oh wait, yes, actually. Yes. Like, <laughs> I'm actually going to open everything. a bank account there. Even if it has $1, you know, I can say in my mind that I have. <laughs> no, that, that makes complete sense. Oh, that will be such an interesting class to teach. Yeah, it's coming up. It's actually called uh, the Society of Wealthy Witches because I'm going to start this process of resetting the mindsets in my community of how do you embrace abundance and break all those belief systems that witches are supposed to struggle or are not supposed to charge for their services or are not supposed to be rich and abundant and sexy and happy and joyful because we have to change that mindset. I have, I have heard that a lot too, that you're not a quote unquote real witch. If you charge for your services, that doesn't make sense to me. No, I think, um, you know, I respect people's belief systems, but I do not agree with that one. It is expensive. I have a team that I have to pay. <laughs> I have a daughter that I have to buy gas to take to the car and then I'll put it on the car and drive. Plus I have spent thousands of dollars in training and that deserves to be respected. I believe in my lineage and I believe on the training that I took because I learned from wonderful teachers and they charge me because they have to be respectful of their energy. I will not be serving people if I didn't charge for my services and then my energy was so depleted that then I couldn't help the next person because I didn't have anything left to give. Yeah. And I'm just not sure where that idea comes from because you mentioned, you know, the Mexican healing arts, people went to healers like this, they paid for those services or they traded. So there was always some sort of exchange there. Right. There's always some sort of a change. And depending on where you live in the world, your living can be very expensive. (laughs) And (laughs) also, even if I was in Mexico, you know, like if somebody brought me a goat or a chicken, that will really not do a lot for me. So (laughs) I have to charge so that I can buy my plane ticket to come back home. Like it's not, there's not, there's no shame on it. I also feel like it comes from patriarchy and control because if somebody is not abundant, then they have to take a lot of shit. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But they have to take a lot of shit because they have no other choice. But if you are a witch, a bruja, a healer, a shaman, whatever you call yourself, if you're abundant, if you are in a good space, if you are empowered, then you don't take crap. You live a life of freedom. And that's what you want. You want to be an example for yourself and for your family, for your community, for the people around you, that you can be someone in power and be great. And the more money you make, the more you can help people. You can buy books for schools. You can buy food for children. You can give people money to the homeless. There is so much transformation that you can do. That's right. Well, before we end here, I would love to ask if you have any last advice to share with the audience who are looking to sort of grow and deepen their practice this year. Uh, I think uh, a piece of wisdom that is kind of common sense, but we also don't do a lot, is trust your instincts really listen to what your soul has to say if you're doubting of your power of your magic of the results of your spells of whatever exercises you're doing in your mindsets that is because you were conditioned by patriarchy by um, the systems that are in the world by colonization 
to not believe in your magic, to not believe in your power. And believing in yourself, believing in your magic, it's an act of rebellion that changes the world. So trust your intuition. If your intuition is telling you yes, then go with a yes. Be logical, of course. Don't take, you know, irrational decisions. But trust your inner voice because she always knows what is right and what is wrong. So, so trust that. And I guess I will even add to that is trust your intuition and trust the guidance of your ancestors because they have your back. They are already on the other side. They already went through the human experience. And what they want for you is that you thrive. Because you have the opportunity to continue to be living a life that they cannot live anymore because they transmute it. But you can live a beautiful life and get their guidance. And they love it when you honor them, when you talk to them, when you light them a candle or put a glass of water or even an orange, if that's all you have, your ancestors love to support you. That is beautiful. What a great sentiment to end on. I completely agree with all of that. Well, thank you. And and uh, the ancestors are not just your blood family, not just your like genetical relatives. It is anybody that you love. There is, at least in the way that I was trained, everybody's different. But if you're adopted, they are still your family because they love you through the heart. If they were step parents, they still love you and they still embrace you. Or if somebody was a mentor or a teacher or a friend, they are still somehow your ancestors, even if there is no genetical connection. So the possibility of connection, it's immense and beautiful. Hey, absolutely. I am adopted. So I'm okay. Right, okay. Well, there I am you go. right there with you. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for the time and for the opportunity to just speak today. Yes. Thank you so much for being here and offering all of your wisdom, teaching the audience something new. I know that we all learned things today. <laughs> so I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day. And um, after you had your dance party. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I'm going to do my dance party. And then I have another post dance party after I do something, which is for car cutting so that I disconnect from things like this. I love it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I have only one playlist but now I'm like inspired maybe today to go make some more I think that's a great idea <laughs> yeah I just dance like nobody's watching or like everybody's watching you're like an audience whatever <laughs> but yeah that's an easy happy way of um entering an energy just by dancing and listening to music yeah absolutely love it well, thank you so much, Wendy. Audience, that is everything that I have for you this week. I will see you next week. And as always, I will have all of Wendy's links in the show notes over at whichwednesdays.com so you can check out everything that she has to offer. Thank you. See you next time. Need even more? Subscribe to Patreon and YouTube for exclusive bonus content. Order a themed witchcraft box every month through Witch Wednesdays on Etsy. Be sure to follow on Instagram at Witch Wednesdays Podcast. Find all these links and more at witchwednesdays.com.